It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Lloyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good afternoon and welcome to Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on a Friday, a cooler day today. I hope you're ready for a fantastic weekend. And we have an important topic to cover today. Very excited to share with you my interview with Todd Sylvester. Uh, Todd works uh, with many people who are dealing with addiction and recovery, and he does it in a very, very unique way. And so here's some of the first things that I asked Todd uh, when we sat down to look at what is it that he does and how does he do it different from some of the other programs out there. You hear people a lot of times, especially in the addiction and recovery space, you know, talk about making lemons out of lemonade. Uh, That's one of those common things that people like to to talk about. But you had a lemonade stand experience that literally changed the direction of your life. Tell us about that. Absolutely, and thanks for having me, Boyd. And it's been great to know you over the years, and it's an honor to be on this today. Um, Yeah, I had an amazing experience that changed the course of my life forever at a lemonade stand. You know, I was uh, in the process of trying to get clean. I was addicted to alcohol and other drugs. I had done everything under the sun. But even worse than that, I was just a miserable person. I, Mm -hmm. I honestly had thoughts of not wanting to be here, wanting to end yeah. my life and, you know, which kind of goes hand in hand with addiction. Um, you get, you get that hopeless feeling and, yeah. and I was really struggling. And at the same time, um, I was a bartender, which is not good for an alcoholic. <laughs> not, a, not a great place to be for an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> right. At the time I thought it was great. Free booze, you know, this is awesome. And, but as a bartender, um, you get, you know, I get tips from the waiters and waitresses and then also anyone that would sit at the bar. And I got really good at, getting tips. I would, I'd always give the first drink free. And, you know, so like, oh, now it always guarantee me a pretty good size tip. Uh, I'd also get a lot of change. People would leave change. And, and so I'd keep this change in the cup holders of my car, like nickels, dimes, and quarters. And, um, you know, I was, I was kind of like in relapse mode. I had a really amazing experience with a friend. You know, I, I, I had said a prayer for the first time in my life asking for help. And I, re- I, I actually received some help. But from that point up until this moment at the lemonade stand, I was still really struggling. This voice in my head was telling me I was pathetic and no good and mm. you'll never be clean. And, you know, just this just this vicious cycle of misery. Yeah. And I'll never forget it. I was driving. It was on a Saturday. It was a beautiful, sunny day. And um I was driving out of my neighborhood, and I, out of the corner of my eye, I see this little girl selling lemonade. No big deal. I drive right on past, and I have this impression come over me. It's like, you know, turn around and give her all the money in your car. And at this period of time, I had about $40 <laughs> worth of quarters, nickels, and dimes. Oh, my goodness. I mean, and, you know, is what you always refer to as it was one of those Kairos moments. Mm. But I didn't know it at the time. I'm like, well, that'd be cool. Let's give this girl all this money. <laughs> so I flip my car around and I pull up and there's this cute little fourth grade girl sitting there 
you know, smiling. And I said, how much? And she said, 25 cents. I said, I'll take one. So she pours it, you know, <laughs> hands it to me. Set, I set it on the dash and I tell her to cup her hands. And I said, cup your hands here and hold on. And I start scooping all this money into her hands, right? And she's freaking out. She's like, no way. I'm like, hold on, I got more, you know, and I just keep scooping. And it takes me like eight or nine scoops to get all of it. And I'm, I'm getting it every little, you know, one I can find. And I'm like, here's more. And she's just freaking out and she's just beaming. Yeah. And the last scoop, she drops on a table and runs into her house. Oh, my goodness. And in my mind, I'm thinking she's going to go tell her parents some dude just gave her a million bucks. (laughs) And as I pull away, um, you know, I don't, you know, for the listeners out there, I don't know if you've ever cried so hard you feel like you're cleansing your soul. Mm. This was a soul cleansing cry. I have to pull my car over and I just start to cry. Mm. And for the first time I could ever remember, I actually made someone's day because as a drug addict, you become very self-centered. It's mm-hmm. it's like, I'm going to rob from you. I'll cheat you. I'll manipulate you to get yeah. what I want. Right. And here I am doing something. I made this girl's probably decade. Wow. Right. And I have to put my car in park because I'm crying so hard. And I just put my face in my hands and sob. And I cry for like, I don't know, a long time. It felt like 20 minutes. Yeah, and yeah. uh in that moment, I felt like I mattered. I wanted to be clean. Mm. I wanted to help other people. I'm like, I want to do this again. And, you know, a lot of addicts kind of have this mentality of all or nothing. Right. And right. I had it. And I still do. <laughs> I'm all in or I'm all out. And I said, if this girl's there next Saturday, I'm going to give her all my money. So on purpose, the next Saturday, I drive by. And sure enough, there she is selling lemonade yeah. again. And I give her all my money again. <laughs> and I do this every Saturday for the next two and a half months. Wow. And every time I pull away from there, I, I start to cry again. Mm. And this desire of being clean and wanting to be good and realizing I am good mm-hmm. was just, you know, sitting, you know, in my soul again and igniting. There's a famous quote by Ferdinand Foch. He says, the most powerful weapon on earth is a human soul on fire. Mm. This lit my soul on fire. Yeah. And so wow. that was kind of the experience in a nutshell, but uh, yeah. it really did change the course of my life. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, amazing what can happen at, at a uh, lemonade stand. <laughs> well, you hit so many things in, in there, Todd. So many people who are addicted who or who have some of those challenges, they, they do get in that vicious cycle. Because on one hand, they're, they are being very selfish and very self-centered, yes. uh, manipulative, yeah. lying, cheating, all of those things that, that happen. Uh, and at the same time, their sense of self-worth is just gone. Right. It's gone. Uh, and I think it's why recovery is such a such a challenge. And yeah. it's so hard to, to really help people get on that path. Uh, but you've really made it your your life's work uh, to help yes. people get on that path. Tell us about the kinds of things you're doing. Yeah, sure. So, you know, one of the things I'm very passionate about is belief systems. You know, we all have a belief system. And our belief system's got a lot of good in it. And there's some negative things and irrational yeah, things in our belief sure. system. And this goes along with everybody. Yeah. Drug addicts' belief system is... It's probably 90% irrational and negative versus the 10% that may be positive or mm-hmm. somewhat good. And so, and the reason why I'm passionate about belief systems is because belief dictates the way we behave, behave yeah. every time. Yeah. And so, what I do is I, when, with clients or if I'm speaking to a group, I focus on the belief system, not the behavior. Mm-hmm. So, 
if I'm sitting in front of a heroin addict, I mean, duh, don't do heroin anymore. That's easy to say <laughs> right, that. Right. Stop doing behavior, it. Behavior, behavior. Behavior, behavior, behavior. Well, no, it's like, why do you do that? What's the underlying belief that you have about yourself? It's the story you tell yourself about yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and that story has been playing over and over in our heads, right. typically with a drug addict, for decades sometimes. Yeah. And it becomes their reality. It com- becomes their belief, mm-hmm. right? And so what I try and do is I go in and I unravel that fairy tale story. And I call it a fairy tale because it, ain't, it isn't it's real. real. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was a liar, cheater, thief, criminal, manipulator when I was using. But to my core, and it chokes me up, it's not who I am. Right. And what I love to do with a, someone who's struggling with drug addiction is scraping all that away who are you really to yeah. your core? And I always try to remind them when you were this tall, you know, uh, for your listeners, I'm, you know, like when you were one or two years old, who were you then? Yeah. And, you know, they start listing off these qualities. That's who you are. But you've created a story from from there until now that's irrational. Yeah. And so that's one of my favorite things to do yeah. is to unravel that story and go, see, you've been telling yourself a lie yeah. this whole time. Yeah. And that's what I did with me. I was telling myself a lie. The whole time. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to pick up my conversation with Todd Sylvester. These are critical conversations we need to have in our homes and in our communities. Uh, don't go anywhere. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on a Friday. Uh, We're going to pick up this crucial conversation and conversations we have to get comfortable with uh, as it relates to those who are dealing with whether it's addiction, whether it's dependence, uh, any of those kinds of things. We need to, to deal with these in just a little bit different way. Here's some more of my interview with Todd Sylvester. There's lots of great programs out there that do a lot of good. Sure. Um, they all have components that work, some better, some some less better. Uh, <laughs> right. But you have something that I think is so critical, and that is some of the programs often have people label and identify themselves as, I'm, I'm an addict, yes. I'm an alcoholic, and it becomes part of their introduction. Yes. Uh, and you take a very different approach to that. Tell yes. us why. Yes, I do. Thank you. Um, well, Labels are cages, or I, I should say they can be. Labels can also set us free, mm-hmm. you know. Um, labels, so if I, like, I, one of my favorite things to do, again, if I'm sitting in front of a drug addict, one of my clients, and they'll say, yeah, I'm an alcoholic. And I'll say, well, did you have a drink today? And they'll say, no. Did you have one yesterday? No. But, but And I'll say, so are you really right now? And the truth is you're clean Right. At this moment, you're clean, but yet you'll label yourself a drug addict or an alcoholic. Now, I get the reasoning behind it because yes. we want we don't want to. It's it's ownership and yeah, yeah. not denying that I've got a yeah. problem because I know I, right. I on August fifth this year I'll be clean thirty years. Wow. But I know that if I go to a bar tonight and drink, I'm back in my Dude. addiction again. Yeah, I get it. That's right. But I I'm clean. I am clean. It's possessive. Yeah. I really believe that. And I, and if it's okay, if I can take a little liberty and share a story Please. that proves this point so powerfully. So I had a wonderful opportunity back in December to speak at the Utah State Prison. Mm. Okay. And I've never spoken there before. I've spoken at detention centers and this and that. Sure. 
this was something brand new, and I'll be honest with you, I was nervous. So I get there, I have to do a background check, I have to walk through a metal detector. Go through all the doors. Yeah, all the yeah. doors. There's three guards there, and they're like, okay, here's how we're going to go in the gymnasium. There'll be a, probably 125 inmates. And I'm like, really? Whoa. And they said, if something goes down, make sure you're standing by one of us. And I'm like, is there something going to go down? I'm like, so anyway. Don't blow it. No pressure. Don't blow it. No pressure. So we get in there, and it's a, it's a center block uh, – gymnasium it's a a small little you can hear every little you know sound every chair movement everything and um they have three of the inmates give five minute uh five minutes each about their story Mm. before i get up there and they want me to take an hour and a half Mm. and i'm sitting there going oh my goodness am i going to be able to do this this is like freaking me out a little bit my heart's pounding (laughs) and i'll tell you what when I stood up after these three guys went before me, they set the stage, man. They had these guys, like, mm. in the palm of their hand. They were all listening. I kid you not, there was not one guy talking to their neighbor. It was, like, eyes focus. on me, focus. It was the most, really, truly, I've never felt so much humility. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, I share my story, okay? And, you know, and you've, you do a lot of speaking events, Boyd, where you know you've kind of got the audience. Yep. You've got them. That's what it felt like. I'm like, man, these guys are listening to everything. Yeah. And I had this impression again, ask him this question. So I ask him, how many of you are criminals? Raise your hand. Every hand goes up, right? And they're looking at me like, well, duh, dude, we're, I'm in, <laughs> we're we're in, in a prison. prison. <laughs> and I said, why are you lying to yourselves? I hmm. said, why are you lying? And the hands start to slowly go down. And they're still looking at me like, what are you talking about? Dude, we're in prison. I said, how many of you by the show of hands committed a crime today? Raise your hand right now. Not one hand goes up. Mm. I said, how many of you committed a crime yesterday? Not one hand goes up. And I said, see, you have been lying to yourself. And then I asked him these questions. I said, how many of you have told the truth today? Mm. And it looked like every hand went up. There might have been a couple that didn't go up, but every hand goes up. And then I said, how many of you have um, followed the rules today? Mm. Every hand goes up. I said, how many of you have done the right thing when no one was looking today? I'm not kidding you. It looked like every hand went up. And then I said, how many of you have shown respect to your cellmate today? Every hand goes up. And I said, see? I go, you guys just told me you're honest, you have integrity, you're caring, and you're respectful. And you've been calling yourselves criminals. (laughs) Boyd, had I not been there, I wouldn't have believed it myself. I got a standing ovation for three minutes. And it was this loud, because it was cinder block. I mean, it was crazy. And there was this one guy like waving his arms, flagging me down. I'm like, what? He goes, can I come give you a hug? (laughs) I'm like, absolutely. And he comes up and hugs me. And afterwards, everyone was saying, we've never heard that before. Mm. And I says, you label yourself a criminal, then guess what? You're a criminal. criminal. Believe that you have it and you have it. It's an old Latin proverb, right? So stop it. Yes, you've committed criminal behavior. Let's don't deny that. Let's right. own it. Yeah. yeah, I've screwed up. Yeah. But today you're clean. Yeah. Why why don't we say that we're clean, that we're good, we're not criminals, we're whole yeah. right now. Yeah. That's and right. focus on that. So that's why I'm passionate about, you know, labeling ourselves the correct way, I guess, is yeah. the way to put it. Yeah, that's right. So thanks for letting me share that. I hope no, that was that, okay. No, I love that. And uh it's interesting. You you probably could have also told them that there were probably very few places in America that could answer those questions 
the way they did. For sure. Whether that was in a business, whether that's in the halls of Congress. Good uh, point. Wherever it is, there were probably a lot of people who didn't tell the truth <laughs> on good, that day or who had point. lied or hadn't treated a spouse or a child well. Uh, so wow. they, they may have been uh, the far superior in terms of behavior for that <laughs> for that day, for that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Fascinating. Yeah. So, so let's continue down that path, okay. um, because I do think it's so important that we we do get the right framing uh, in terms of dealing and, and for our listeners today, whether whether you're struggling, whether you got a spouse or a child or a grandchild or a neighbor or a colleague at work that you know is struggling, uh, these are all things that can be helpful, and I right. think sometimes we. We sort of shrug our shoulders a little bit and it's like, well, you know, I know Mary's got a problem or mm-hmm. I know Dave's struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times we don't know what to do. Or we don't know how to start the conversation. Yeah. Give us some insight there. That's a great question. I And I hear this question more than any other question. It seems like, like I've got a friend or I've got my a son or a daughter who's struggling. Yeah. I don't even know what to say to him. Yeah. You know, and that is a tough thing because it's so sensitive because typically the person who's struggling Typically, I say this typically, not everybody, are, they're very guarded about it. Oh, they yeah. get very defensive. Yeah. And so the person getting ready to ask the question knows that, okay, I'm going to be faced with some confrontation here. Right. So, and and here's the thing, and, and so everyone's looking for like this magic way of, and it really is sitting down and going, I, I need to share my truth with you. Mm-hmm. And saying it like that really kind of sets a different kind of tone mm. almost. And I've I've put this to the test. Yeah. Where I just want to share my truth with you. And they almost like, okay, what are you like what are you yeah. talking about? And then it's like, I'm worried about you. Yeah. And here's why. And then you list this off. It's just literally about just doing it. Yeah. Because a lot of times the fear is unwarranted. Afterwards you're like, Yeah, there is some confrontation, but I feel so good that I spoke my truth to him. Right. Cause we don't want to go to bed that night not sharing our truth. Had we may have, we could have maybe saved someone's life. Yeah, that's you right. You know, maybe they needed to hear it, even though they were defensive. They still deep down are going, "I'm so glad they said something." Yeah, you know, and it's literally like, "I'm here to help you, but you're going to have to do it." And that's the other hard part is, yeah. you hear this all the time. Well, they're going to have to want to change. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the person's going to want. They're going to yeah. have to want to do that. And uh, the other thing I would add to that, so first have the conversation. Yep. Be willing to just have the courage to just yeah. do it. Yeah. You're not perfect at it, but you'll be surprised how good you'd be at it. Yeah. Uh, the second point is, is once you've kind of established this, I'm sharing my truth, and you know, again, kind of like you know you have them, but mm-hmm. at least they're listening, is, is I always like to ask the question, who are you? And most people can't answer that question. If you were to randomly ask people on the road, who are yeah. you? They'd be like, uh, I don't know. Because yeah. <laughs> we don't usually ask that question. Yeah. It's, but it's it's an interesting one if you think about it. When we're little kids, you know, the ages, when the time we're born till two, three, four, we know who we are. We really yeah. do. We we may not be able to articulate it because we're young kids, but deep to our we know who we are. Mm. And we lose sight of that. I said that wrong. We forget it. Sorry, mm, we don't lose point. it. Sorry. Good good point. We forget. We yeah. never lose. And that's one of the things I like telling someone who's needs the help. Like, who are you really to your core? And I'll even go back, who were you when you were this tall? Yeah. Again, listeners, I'm like, you know, one, two years old. Yeah. And it causes them to reflect like, well, I was 
and if they're being genuine at that point, yeah. I'm, I was honest, I was joyful, I was brave, I was courageous, yeah. I was teachable. And I go, where did you hmm. get those characteristics? Where did they even come from? Yeah. And you want to get them to go to that point where I was just born with them because hmm. that's the truth. Yeah. And then it's like, see, that's who you really are. And this behavior you're doing right now, I know you want deep down, yeah. you're like, you don't want to keep doing this. And I know deep down you want that help. And so... I have found those that little simple thing, Yeah, it really, it's like the wall comes down. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us on a Friday. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. Again, some great conversations today. Very appreciative to have uh, Todd Sylvester with us. And again, you can get into his resources at toddsylvesterinspires.com. Uh, and you can listen to a replay of this uh, on the, our podcast on the KSNL News Radio app. Uh, So as always, I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources on a Friday. And as always, as you go throughout the rest of your day and throughout your weekend, make sure that you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. We'll see you on Monday. 